0: everyone. My name is Chris Winford, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church Brunswick, and I want to welcome you to tonight's Passover Communion over the radio. I'm real excited to be with you wherever you are listening. You You may be at home with your family or you may be driving down the road, but wherever you are, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me tonight. Now, as we begin, I also want to say a big thank you to 104.1 The Wave for hosting this Passover communion over the radio. I can't tell you how excited I am to share this opportunity with First Baptist Church Brunswick and the entire Golden Isles. I also want to take a brief moment uh, to invite all the listeners to join First Baptist Church Brunswick this Sunday for Easter worship. Uh, You're invited to worship with us in person. Uh, We have three services, 8 o'clock. 9:30 and at 11 and we ask that you would register for which service you plan on attending. you can go to our website, firstbrunswick.com and you can just follow the tabs to where you can register for the Easter service. Or uh, you can watch us online. Again, go to our website firstbrunswick.com or you can go to our church's Facebook page and or you can even join us at 1041 the wave this Sunday evening at 6 p.m. So you have multiple opportunities to worship with us uh, this Easter. And as we get started tonight, I do want to encourage you to have a couple things with you as we take the Lord's Supper. Number one, I want to encourage you to have a Bible with you. And whenever I mention a scripture verse, I want to encourage you uh, to go to that Bible verse. Now, of course, if you're driving down the road, you keep your eyes forward, and I will read the verse for you. Uh, But the second thing I want to encourage you is is to have your own bread and juice ready when we take the communion. Because when we come to that time where we take of the Lord's Supper, I will lead you through each step of the way. Now, as we began to make preparations for communion, let me set up for you one of the most dramatic moments in the Bible. It takes place in a home that we call the Upper Room. Now, near the end of Jesus's ministry, he entered into Jerusalem one final time. And this is called the Holy Week or Or you may have heard it called the Passion Week. A holy week begins with Palm Sunday and it concludes with Resurrection Sunday. So Jesus and his disciples, they're coming to Jerusalem and they're going to celebrate Passover together. Well, what's the Passover? To put it simply, the Passover was a meal. As a matter of fact, it was a large festival, uh, not on the level of the shrimp and grits festival here on Jekyll Island, but it was a festival, and it was a festival with symbolic meaning. It was a celebratory meal where the Jewish people, they could come together, they would have a meal, and they would remember what had happened hundreds of years earlier. Well, what happened? What happened? Hundreds of years earlier, the Israelites, we know them today as the Jewish people, well, they were in Egyptian slavery. And they'd been in Egypt for 400 years as a group of people. And this group of people started as a small family, but it grew into this great nation. And all they had known, their whole history as a nation, was that they were slaves. And since the very beginning, all they knew was slavery and oppression. And this group of people, they had prayed and prayed and prayed to their God for 400 years. And for 400 years, their prayers went unanswered. Can you believe that? 400 years. That's a long time. (laughs) You and I, we go four days and we're like, is there a God? Where is God? But for 400 years, their prayers went unanswered. But then finally, God said, I hear your cries. And God sends them a deliverer by the man named Moses. Now, I don't know about you, but I really love rescue stories. You know, these stories where victory is snatched from the jaws of defeat. And when the Davids of the world, they defeat the Goliaths. This is the story of the Jewish people throughout history. And it begins in Egypt over 3000 years ago. So finally, God hears their cry and he raises up a deliverer by the name of Moses. And God, through Moses and the 10 plagues, supernaturally rescued the Israelites' people from slavery. And the Passover is directly tied to the 10th plague. Now, what's the 10th plague? That 10th plague is the death of the firstborn. The night of the first Passover was the night of the 10th plague. And on that night, God told the Israelites to sacrifice a spotless lamb and to mark their doorpost with its blood. You can find this in Exodus chapter 12 to give you an idea. And so when the Lord passed through the nation, if he saw no blood on the doorposts, then death came to the firstborn, but... If he saw the blood on the doorpost, he would pass over the households and everyone would live. Literally, it was the blood of the spotless lamb applied to the doorpost that saved the Israelites from death. And that's called the Passover. Now, the Israelites, taking Moses at his word, slaughtered a lamb, had a meal, and they put the blood on their doorposts. And that night, the angel of death passed over, there's that word, over the land of Egypt. And you can imagine what happened the very next morning. Pharaoh said, uh, Moses, you and your people may go. And so that was the last meal. That was the last supper. That was the last time the Israelites' families gathered in Egypt. And the next day, they packed up everything. They packed up everything they owned, plus everything the Egyptians gave them, and the Bible says they loaded them up with wealth, and they left Egypt, and they headed to what would be known as the Promised Land. So, back into the New Testament, now 1,400 years after that event, Jesus is going together with his disciples to have the Passover meal. Now, they've done this before, but this time it's different. There'd been a time when they had gathered for the Passover meal and things had been great because of Jesus. Jesus was a star. He was a he was a celebrity. He was a he was a cultural icon and thousands of people had gathered to hear him speak. And and the disciples were feeling like, "Hey man, we're we're on the left and we're on the right side of this guy named Jesus and things are going great and there's a lot of momentum and the crowds are getting bigger and bigger and the miracles are getting bigger and bigger, but But as they were about to gather for this, uh, what we call the last supper, this last Passover, because it's the last time that he was going to share this meal with them on this earth, things were not going well. All that momentum had turned around. There were rumors going around. There were rumors about a group of people trying to arrest Jesus and trying to isolate him from the crowd. They wanted to get Jesus alone and they wanted to arrest him and, and accuse him of all kinds of horrible things. And the disciples knew They knew if Jesus went down, they would go down with him. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm in Mark chapter 14, if you want to follow along. In Mark 14, verses 17 through 18, it says this, When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. That's the twelve disciples. And while they were reclining at the table eating, he said this, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Now, Now, what Jesus is saying is literally one of you is going to hand me over. And so the disciples are saying, who is this? And Jesus says, it is one of you who is eating with me. That's a pretty shocking statement, but but here's what I love about the Bible. The Bible is full of stories. It's full of narratives written and taken place in the midst of extraordinary uncertainty. Meaning things weren't going the way you think they would be going. And I would say this, that as we as families, as people, and as a nation, and as a uh, culture, we face uncertainty today like we've never faced before. But in that uncertainty, the Bible is the perfect place to run to. Why? Because your favorite Bible story, the story that you were raised upon, with that you love to hear repeated again and again, your favorite uh, passage of Scripture, your favorite psalm, maybe even your favorite Proverbs, if you have one of those, all of it was written... And all of it reflected a time of extraordinary uncertainty. You see, the Bible is not about it's not a book about rich people having fun. This isn't a book about things going great all the time, like, like you had a great Sunday, then on Monday it's even better, then on Tuesday it's better than Monday, and Wednesday is better than Tuesday and Monday, and, and it's just all great. The, no, no, that's, that's, that's not what the Bible is all about. Every single passage of Scripture, every single thing in there that we draw hope and security from, it all comes from times of trouble of trouble. Troubled times from the lives of people who discovered that in the midst of uncertainty, God was still certain. And in the midst of uncertainty, when you couldn't even trace God's hand, when it seemed like he was absent to the 10th power, they discovered that God was still trustworthy. And if there's ever a time for us to pick this Bible up and read it, it is now. Because it's in these difficult moments that we're introduced to the Lord's Supper, the Passover. Let's go back to Mark chapter 14. Mark 14 verse 22 says this, And while they were eating, Jesus took the bread. Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, and he said, This is my body that has been broken for you. And then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it, and he said this, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. And so he introduces to us the Lord's Supper. So what is this thing called the Lord's Supper? What is the Passover communion? Well, the Lord's Supper is an object lesson that represents a great spiritual truth. Let me share with you four um, things that describe the Lord's Supper. Then I will share how we are going to take the Lord's Supper together. Number one, the Lord's Supper is a simple act. The Bible says that the very first communion, the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He didn't have some big elaborate ceremony wearing special costumes and special vestments and and burning incense and doing all kinds of, of fancy rituals. No, the Lord's Supper is a very simple act. He took the bread. He took the cup and he gave it to the people. It's not some big elaborate ritual. You just observe the elements. The bread is going to represent his body that was broken for you. The cup it's going to represent his blood that was shed for you. So number 1, the Lord's Supper is a simple act. Number 2, the Lord's Supper, it's a reminder it's a reminder. Jesus said that when he, had, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The whole purpose of the Lord's Supper communion is for us to remember what Jesus did on the cross. What did Jesus do on the cross? He put your sins and my sins on his shoulders. He paid the penalty that you and I could not pay. He received what you and I, because of our sins, deserve, death. And Jesus took that for you. So when we partake in the Lord's Supper and we take the bread and we take the cup, it reminds us of what he did for us, that he gave up his life for us, that he shed his blood for us. Not only is the Lord's Supper a simple act or not only is it a reminder, it's also a symbol It's a symbol. Jesus said this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it to remember me. Now, when Jesus said, this bread's my body and this cup is my blood, he did not mean that literally. When he said this, he hadn't even gone to the cross yet. He hadn't died yet. So obviously, he's talking about a symbol, not his actual blood. He hadn't even gone to the cross. Let me give you an illustration. If I were to pull out my iPhone and show you pictures of my wife, and I'd say, hey, this is my wife. You wouldn't think my wife was an image found in my phone. No, you knew that that image represented my wife. That picture represents her. Jesus one time said this, I'm the door. Well, does that mean that Jesus was a piece of wood? No. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Does that mean that he was a loaf of bread? No, he was giving symbolism. And so he says, "This is my body, and this is my blood, which is for you." It's a symbol. It's a symbol of him giving of his life, giving of his blood for us. So it's a simple act. It's a reminder. It's a simple. It's a symbol, and lastly, it's a statement of faith. For one of you, eat the bread and drink the cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes back. So when you take the Lord's supper, uh, I, I believe this. I believe you're preaching a sermon. Think think through this with me. When you take the Lord's Supper, there's a forward look and there's a backward look. When you take the Lord's Supper, you're looking forward to the fact that Jesus is coming back and he says, do this until he comes back. And then when we take it, we're actually looking back. We're looking back to the cross. We're looking back to the cross and see what Jesus did for us. And we realize that he didn't stay dead, that he's coming back again. So that leads us to the question of the night. How do we prepare ourselves to take the Lord's Supper? How do we How do we prepare ourselves to take the Passover communion? Well, the the Bible says this. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A person ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Any time we take of the Lord's Supper at church or wherever, we always have a time of prayer and self-examination before And we say a prayer like this, and you can say this prayer too. God, is there anything in my life that's between me and you that I need to confess and get rid of before I take communion? I I think that's a good prayer for you to pray. And you begin to reflect on that even now as we prepare ourselves for the Lord's Supper. The Bible says that we are to examine ourselves every time we take the Lord's Supper. So first, we practice self-examination. God, what's in my life that needs to be changed? Next, we confess our sins We confess all of our sins before the Lord. Listen, God already knows. He's just simply waiting for your confession. So we examine ourselves, we confess our sins, and then we recommit our lives. We turn to Jesus and say, God, I give my life back to you. I want you to take my life. And then finally, we do what it takes to restore relationships, which means this. We offer forgiveness where forgiveness is needed. You know, the Bible says if you have something against another person, whether you're bitter or you're angry and you're resentful, um, the Bible says you shouldn't take the Lord's Supper. And so, so whoever's listening, tonight, if there's anything that you are sensing is between you and another person, the Bible says you need to get that right. You need to take care of that. So at this time, as we are about to take the Lord's Supper, uh, I just want to give you uh, a second or two, a minute or two, to do four things. Number one, examine yourself. Number two, confess your sins. Uh, number three, forgive those who you need to forgive. And fourthly, recommit your life to Christ. And as you're going through this moment right now, wherever you are, maybe you're driving down the road, or maybe you're at home in your living room, or, or maybe you're at your office, whatever you are, are, are doing right now, I'm, I'm going to say a prayer. And I'm going to ask that you just follow along in your heart and listen and recommit your life to Christ. Here's the prayer. Lord Jesus, tonight we come to this sacred table, not because we must, but because we may. We come not to testify to our righteousness, but that we sincerely love you, our Lord Jesus Christ, and we desire to be your true disciple. Lord, we come not because of our goodness, Because our goodness gives us a right to come, but because in our frailty and in sin, we stand in need of your mercy and your help. Will you please search me and try me and see if there's any offensive way within me? If so, Lord, I confess my sin to you. And so, Lord, we come to the table because we love you, because we want to love you more. We we come because you love us and you gave yourself up for us. And so, Father, we now come. We come seeking unity with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Show us whom we need to forgive, and we tell you now that we forgive them. And so, Lord, now we come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, at this time, please have your bread and your cup ready, as um, I'm now going to lead us through the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul addresses how we are to celebrate communion. He writes in verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord what also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So at this time, would you please take the bread? And would you take a few seconds to thank the Lord for living a perfect, sinless life and for giving his life for you? Now let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for coming to this earth, sinless and perfect, to live the life we could never live. Thank you for coming. In Jesus' name. Amen. On that night, Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. You may eat the bread, which symbolizes Jesus's body broken for you. Now, at this time, if you'll take your cup, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty 25 says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, at this time, would you take Would you just take a few seconds to thank the Lord for his blood that leads to your salvation? Let me pray for us. Lord, as we take the cup, may we be reminded of why you came, and it is by your blood that our sins are forgiven. It is by your blood through which salvation comes to all people. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, you may drink the cup, which symbolizes Jesus' blood that was shed for you and all of God's people said amen. Mark 14:26 says this. When they finished the supper, the disciples went out singing a song. And so as we close tonight, and one, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us for Passover Communion. But before we sing the, the doxology, I want to offer a couple of invitations to you. Number one, if you do not have a church home or, or you're not going to church anywhere, you are invited to join me for worship at First Baptist Church Brunswick. And you're invited to come this Easter Sunday at 8, 9, 30, or 11. Um, if you want more information about that, go to our website, firstbrunswick.com. And you can even listen to our Easter service on 1041 The Wave this Sunday night at 6 p.m. But I want you to know you're invited to join us at First Baptist Church Brunswick. And the second invitation is for those who, who may be questioning their faith or haven't begun their faith journey. And can I ask you a personal question if that's you? Are you certain you're going to heaven? Are you sure? Do you know for a fact that if you died tonight, you would immediately go to heaven? If you were to die tonight and you were to go before God and he said to you, why should I let you into my perfect heaven? What would you say? Would you say, you know, I tried to be a nice person? Well, the Bible says you can't be nice enough because heaven is a perfect place and you're not and I'm not. You know, I stopped being perfect a long time ago, and that's why, that's why we need a, a Savior. That's why we need Jesus to forgive all of our sins. And so, so how do we get there? Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, I'm the way. He didn't say, I'm one way to heaven. I'm a nice way to heaven. I'm a good way to heaven. He said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I teach the truth. He didn't say, I point to the truth. He didn't say, I'm looking for the truth. He said this, I am the truth. Jesus says, I am the life. Listen, you're not truly living until you're connected to the creator who made you. You were not made to live disconnected from God. Romans chapter 10, verse nine says this, if you confess With your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. How about it? How about it? Why not tonight, for those of you? Why not tonight? Why not right now? I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer with me if you desire a new life, a new start. If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? To stay, say it right where you are, and repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus. I have been reminded of my sin and the cost to satisfy that sin. I know I cannot satisfy and save myself. I confess my sin, and I ask you to forgive me. I receive you now as my personal Savior and Lord. I trust you, and you alone to save me. Please help me live for you and become like you as I live the rest of my life. Thank you for shedding your blood for my salvation. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well... I sure hope you prayed that prayer, and I don't know if you meant that or not, but if you did sincerely mean it, it means this, you just became a child of the King, and I would love to hear from you. Would you please email me at Chris at prayer at fbcbrunswick.com? I would love to hear from you. Listen, I want to say thank you so much for joining me in First Baptist Church Brunswick for a Passover communion over the radio, and I hope to see you this Sunday for Easter worship at First Baptist Church Brunswick.
1: Wash away my sin